The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And so it was like, I promise we'll, we'll keep treat everything. Just, you know, we won't damage anything. It'll, it'll be fine. And it, cute cut to us coming in the next day with barrels of, of Hershey's, Hershey's syrup. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Barrett Scher. Hello. Uh, and today we have very special guests, writers, directors, Matt Mercer and Mike Teston. Uh, they have a movie called Dementia Part 2 coming out in theaters May 21st and VOD, digital, and DVD on June 1st. Matt and Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks Hello. for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so this movie was made under some kind of unusual circumstances, am I correct? <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be absolutely correct. Yeah, it was made on a dare, basically. Oh, yeah, a dare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i guess we can <laughs> i'll try yeah, to tell me this. all of this <laughs> <laughs> i'll try to nutshell this as best as i can uh basically uh i was at a film festival in the uk called fright fest uk and i ran into a producer that mike and i both have worked with in the past jd lifshitz and he had just had a beer with a guy named josh goldblum and josh goldblum runs a film festival in chicago called Cinepocalypse, and did. He did, yeah, yeah. Yo, hold on. <laughs> this sounds like the beginning of Ant Man when Michael Pena is doing his rundown of like the people that know the people, the people that know the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. See, it's already too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they Josh, had, you know, has this film festival, and he had a an empty slot, and he uh, dared JD to make a movie in the five weeks leading up to the festival. So basically, when the festival announced their schedule. Uh, we were allowed to start production. So JD asked Mike and I to make a film. And the only thing, I guess the only rule was it had to be called Dementia Part 2. And Mike, yeah. had made, Mike had made the original, the first Dementia. Yeah, and it had to be a genre film. Yeah. So we had, uh, I think we we started when they announced the lineup of the, the, the schedule of the festival. And we, you know, wrote it in three days or something maybe five days three or five <laughs> days uh prepped for a week and shot the movie in five days and finished cutting it in about two weeks i mean whatever it was about 30 30 to 35 days we made the entire thing from from script. zero yeah from zero to finished oh my god that's insane and <laughs> and 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 from what I understand, Dementia Part 2 is different tonally from the first one. I wasn't able to see the first one, so... Yeah, it's it's um, a complete, completely different film. <laughs> I mean, the first one's sort of a um, more straightforward uh, psychological thriller, and this one's, you know, the uh, exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a the first one's a dramatic thriller, and this one 
we aimed for total midnight movie, total gross yeah. out uh, type well, of thing on a budget. It's almost like uh, the difference between Troll and Troll 2, right? Like the, yes. <laughs> the like, does this have any thematic similarities at all? Um, yeah. That's, that's uh, exactly but, what we were aiming for, yeah. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we were thinking of the Troll movies. It, it, I guess loosely kind of like the Evil Dead movies, even right. though the first right. Evil Dead has some comedy in it. Um, right. It, it's taken more seriously, and I think Sam Raimi was aiming for something more serious but then in the second one he had the whole three stooges you know the three stooges aspects were really amplified not that we went for three stooges but (laughs) that you know we aimed for a much more broadly comedic uh, approach and i think our sort of touchstones were evil dead 2 and uh, peter jackson's dead alive Mm -hmm. um at any roger corman movie from the 60s that was made in three to four days (laughs) (laughs) yeah um how are you able to wrangle up a cast to to uh to be in this movie that was going to shoot for such a short amount of time such a a, a, you know specific amount of time obviously matt you're in it um (laughs) that was key (laughs) yes uh but you have you have a couple of other uh, actors in here and they're and 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 you know all of them bring something to this movie that's uh that's very funny to me um or or unique and interesting and uh but so how did you how did you get them i mean these were all people that we've each of us have worked with multiple times so it was all um you know kind of roping friends in for you know five days of having fun and winging it on a goofy movie Mm -hmm. yeah the approach was you know mike mike and i have worked together on about I don't know, 10 or 11 films now, feature films now at this point. Uh, <laughs> Mike is a cinematographer by trade, obviously also directs. I started as an actor and now work as an editor a lot. So we have all these different skills we've acquired. We've had to acquire because of budgets in the past yeah. and things, um, or we've just aimed to acquire. I mean, Mike went to school yeah. for, for his skills. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we've made all these movies and a lot of these actors are people we know. And we felt that because we had to make the movie so fast, it made sense to bring in friends who we number one knew would understand the tone and also uh, would just have fun with us and want to jump in like that because i don't think any of them got the script until the night before yeah. I, th- I think i think they <laughs> well, yeah. we finished the script and said we start tomorrow i mean even graham i called the day before i needed him graham skipper who's in the movie <laughs> i called him the day before i needed him and said here's the script uh you're in 14 pages toward the end of the movie and uh and he's like all right cool when do we shoot tomorrow he's like okay well what are you shooting tomorrow all of your stuff <laughs> 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 it was like half a day with Graham, and then that was it. So, yeah. to be fair, like I don't, I don't even know if Graham's character existed until two days before. I mean, I'm yeah. not sure, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, the character went through some incarnations. I think he was originally yeah. some sort of weird neo-Nazi, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. she still sort of, and ultimately landed on a weird uh, sort of a Dennis Franz greaseball. Yeah. yeah, 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 and also just the idea that um, you know we all. I'll probably assume that this would play once it's an apocalypse and and I would be done with it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So it was just kind of like a hangout and have fun and, you know, see what we could come up with. Yeah. I'll tell you who does uh, an amazing job considering, I mean, and not just considering the circumstances that makes it sound like I'm, I'm, I'm letting some (laughs) things go, but 
Suzanne Voss is is amazing in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to to be able to create these characterizations and something that ha- and it's a character that has a broad range of uh, emotions and of course uh, is has has dementia and everything and is uh, uh, having to switch from being super nice to super horny maybe to uh, <laughs> to um, angry to all these different things all at once. Uh, what is hey, it like hormones. working with? <laughs> yeah what do you what is it like working with suzanne voss uh well it's a joy uh i've worked with her as an actor several times i think i was in a movie called contracted phase two where she played my grandmother mm-hmm. uh, and she foul-mouthed grandmother a foul-mouthed grandmother <laughs> which was part partially a precursor to this mike had worked with her even before that when on a short film you directed right yeah i um i've I don't know how, I guess it was just, uh, just through general casting. I mean, <clears throat> founder for the short I made called the salesman, uh, where she sort of plays this, um, sort of a dementia afflicted woman, <laughs> woman <laughs> who confuses a door to door salesman with, uh, her son and, uh, things kind of go awry from there, but mm-hmm. she was so great to work with. And then I think, um, I think from there, the next time I worked with her was contracted too. I don't mm. know if I worked mm. in between that. Okay. Far. I mean, but. yeah, you're, you're right that she is amazing in the film and she, uh, you know, like everybody else got the script, <laughs> the, the <laughs> final version of the script, the, the day before. And I don't think I told her that we were even making the film until five days before. And I said, do you have time? And she said, well, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. We did have to work around her schedule, her, her, uh, day job schedule, but, um, we knew she'd be great because she's so, uh, such a facile actor and yeah. also really understood the tone and knew, I mean, there, she does, you know, like everybody else, she didn't require much direction at all and came up with a lot of things on her own yeah. too. Like the, um, you know, spoiler alert, but she's, you know, there's a scene where she has, <laughs> she's, uh, messing with some intestines. Oh my oh. God. I'm definitely asking you a question about that. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think yeah, that's her, the first her. time we've said that sentence on this, uh, this broadcast is messing she's with messing with some. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but her whole, yeah. Yeah. Glad we could break new ground. Um, yeah. But she, um, you know, she came up with the whole, the whole beat at the end of that, where she's a po- turns back to, be, uh, being kind of herself and being apologetic that was all her and i just thought that was so funny and um <laughs> she took it you know she understood the tone of the movie but also took the character very seriously and de- the dementia very seriously so she's she's amazing our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I was talking about this scene with Barrett before you guys came on. <laughs> There's a absolutely dynamite punchline to that scene, and that is she's got this, you know, she's got this tube of intestine in her mouth and she looks up at these two people looking back and, and, uh, and she's like, Oh no, I've been discovered. And she lets the intestine go and it slaps back on the body and everything. So you're telling me that was kind of almost, well, like she either thought of that or that was like a happy accident. She thought, she thought of the beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and sort then, of a mix in there because mm-hmm. some of some of that's scripted, but I, I think what wasn't scripted was just her reaction of um oh wait, I'm I'm human. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm an intestine. Yeah, and then once someone comes up with an idea like a great idea like that, like Suzanne did, you then start to riff on it. Everyone's right. like, Oh, that's great. And I think either Mike or I've said uh Yeah, and then you can really pull on that intestine and it'll and <laughs> pull as high as you can and it'll slap back and then i think in in the edit i added a rubber band like a stretcher <laughs> sound because i i mean the part of the fun of this movie i think I, the, some of the most fun i had was the sound, sound design. design so yeah. yeah you add that plus her apologetic i mean it all gets back to the jackson Raimi, sam Raimi kind looney of tunes. Yeah. yeah looney tunes you know um sound design yeah it just got it, it's a it's an absolute like just delight seeing that uh cool um uh you guys uh you guys are both co-directors on this so like uh how did that work how did you guys uh manage directing did, did why did you guys feel like you needed to have two directors on this what was the and and how do you guys work together um, I think we just kind of wanted to do something together and this was this was an easy an easy way to go into that because it was just started as strictly a for fun thing that was you know going to screen once we thought so it was sort of a um, no risk you know just go have fun make it make a cheap you know schlocky <laughs> genre <laughs> exercise um but then in terms of like working together i I think our um uh what you'd say our uh sensibilities sort of merged nicely in the sense of like Mm. i like um you know like a guy madden stuff and things like that and sort of um a little bit goofier comedy stuff and matt really kind of digs into the more genre um elements of that kind of thing and i think those kind of things merge together nicely and then on set it was just sort of i was kind of handling technical stuff and matt was working more with um you know suzanne and najara and graham and yeah making all that stuff go yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't have said it better i think we have a similar sense of humor and similar sensibilities and then the differences in the kind of movies we gravitate toward i mean i like guy madden as well but yeah. I think the things we're really drawn to are slightly different. And when you merge them, that's kind of what you get with this. Also, mm-hmm. um, initially, I, you know, when, when JD, the producer I was talking about earlier approached, you know, asked us to do this, it was originally Mike directing, but because of our schedules, it kind of made sense to split everything up too, mm-hmm. just on a, mm-hmm. right. from a practical standpoint. Right. 
splitting all of the key jobs to get it yeah. done in that amount of time made sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, 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 and so when you guys were given the five weeks to, to write, you know, to, to make this movie and you decided to sit down and do a script and, and everything. So what was the idea behind the story? How did you, how did you guys come up with the, uh, what happens in this and everything? What was the inspiration? <laughs> That's such a long, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It was just kind of a mad scramble of ideas. The, again, the, the one, um, thing we had to do is call it dementia part two i think was Mm -hmm. the only rule right and so yeah yeah so there there was sort of there were ideas being thrown at us by boulder light pictures the production company Mm -hmm. (laughs) and mike and i were uh kind of in that we you know few days of writing week of writing whatever it was we were tossing around a lot of ideas um and the one that seemed to keep sticking was uh a door-to-door that's kind of a salesman kind of thing. Yeah, I think it started to veer toward the salesman, and then somehow mm-hmm. it it was like the salesman and dementia kind of merged. Mm-hmm. But also at one point it was a road movie. Yeah, I came up with a road movie. We were, I mean, the practicality really led the led the cart again because it was like, well, what can we do quickly? Yeah, one so, location mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, one location. So. Um, one of the ideas I had was a, yeah, a road movie where it was two people in a car, like a Uber driver picks somebody up and then bad things happen, you know, oh, God. <laughs> just like, contained locations. Mm-hmm. And the one that we seem to keep coming back to, I, I guess we came up with three or four contained location ideas. And the one that we came back to the most and that we were getting the most ideas from our producers on as well was this, yeah, ex-con or salesman, whatever, whoever he is going at first, it was door to door. Yeah, it was a series yeah. of doors he was going to yeah, go was, to, and then we narrowed mm-hmm. that. A bunch of houses, yeah. And it was like, well, <laughs> where are we going to uh, get a street? You know, <laughs> how can we <laughs> get a, yeah. a street yeah. on this budget and in this amount of time? And so then it became one house and a handyman job, and it was like, okay. And of all the characters in in the you know, the street version, the old woman seemed the most interesting. So that's what we went with. Where did you end up uh, finding a house for this? Well, that was tough. Um, Again, because of the speedy pre-production and and I think we put everything together in about a week, Mm -hmm. I started looking for locations and I found a, I, I went on Airbnb first and that's really hard in Los Angeles uh, where we are because they're all wise to yeah. film and they, they <laughs> will not let you, you know? Oh, that's can, fascinating. It, you don't even think about that, but yeah, they're, they're probably yeah, looking yeah. out for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a regular location fee on a house, you're going to pay at least a couple thousand dollars a day. If not, especially the kind of house we got for this, you know, mm. $5,000 a day for that mm, kind well, of place. Geez. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it can get that, that steep. So I went, uh, on Airbnb. And I was very honest with everybody I was calling and, you know, you get, you get a yes out of every, out of one out of every 15 people when Mm -hmm. you tell them you're going to shoot something. But I did get this guy who was like, (laughs) yeah, that's fine. You know, we're, we're just getting into the Airbnb game. We just renovated our place and uh, we don't mind if you shoot. I mean, he, it was like he had just moved to LA from Nebraska. So Hollywood's knocking at my door. So uh, he agreed to it and it was like, 
great. And everything was great. And a few days went by and we were, it was the day before shooting. And I got a, 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 I get a call from the guy and he goes, uh, so everything's still good. It's great. You're shooting, you know, days and, uh, we're all set. One thing on Tuesday, I, uh, I'm going to be jackhammering the sidewalk and that's going to go on all day, but it's outside. That won't affect anything. Right? Like, oh my God, <laughs> we can't. Uh, yeah, we can't use this location. <laughs> and this was the Friday before the Sunday start, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Saturday before the Sunday yeah. start. I think it was, it was the day before, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was either the day before or two days before. So I went into panic mode. Uh, Mike was away on a shoot, shooting a commercial <laughs> in the Bahamas or something. And I'm like, yeah. Mike, oh my right. God. Yeah. So, um, I called the only thing I could think of. I had one other Airbnb option that wasn't great. Uh, the house just was tiny. And I, I, the only option I had was I have a friend, my buddy Rob, uh, had recently bought a house, a, a fixer upper in Koreatown here mm-hmm. in LA. And it was a really nice craftsman house. And I called him and it was kind of like how I, you know, like with Graham, when I was talking about Graham getting the script the day before earlier, I called Rob and I said, <laughs> Hey, I'm shooting a movie and really your house is just perfect. Cause it's this, I mean, it's the one in the movie. It's a big, it's a really gorgeous craftsman house. Mm-hmm. And I called him and I said, uh, I know you don't like shooting in your place. You don't want to shoot in your place, no. but can, you know, this movie's very low key. It's a very small crew. It's only like five, six people at a time there. Can we, um, can we shoot in your place? And I can even give you, you know, I'll give you a location fee, which is probably the the biggest thing we paid for in the budget. And it wasn't yeah. a lot. He didn't, you know, he didn't charge me a lot. It wasn't like I paid an arm and a leg, but I, I said, can we shoot there? He said, yeah. And I said, he said, when do you start? I was like, can we come in at like 8 a.m. tomorrow to, to look at it? No, to start shooting. And he was like, oh. he literally, he sighed uh, like a character in a cartoon. He was like, oh, Okay. And so it was like, I promise we'll, we'll keep treat everything. Just, you know, we won't damage anything. It'll, it'll be fine. And cute cut to us coming in the next day with barrels of, of Hershey syrup. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, just, yeah. So it was a friend. Look how that was a long story short, uh, a friend's house. And we, wow. It was a save, a save ass, save job. <laughs> yeah i mean sure he's going to be like you owe me every time you run oh, yeah. into that uh, you sure. know? yeah i remember buddy we actually did manage to keep the place pretty clean and didn't you know damage anything because it, it it was a pretty you know very small operation but mm-hmm. he did call me he's like about six months later and he's a very clean Right. I don't want to say, I don't want to say compulsive, but he's a very clean guy. And mm-hmm. six months Poor later, really. he called me and said, he took a picture of a red dot on the oh. wall above like a <laughs> chandelier. Ceiling. Yeah, it was on oh, the wow. ceiling from the scene where Suzanne spit on my face. And there was somehow Suzanne <laughs> had spit so hard and the ceiling was so high. <laughs> yeah. that wow. It, it got on the ceiling above yeah. the chandelier and he sent me a picture of it. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, that's blood. And I, was like, <laughs> I mean, it was microscopic. But kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, uh, you got, you guys, uh, got a pretty good, uh, uh, soundtrack in this thing, didn't you? You got some, uh, some good music, yeah, uh, did, uh yeah. on this. It's kind of got an eighties feel to it and everything. Tell me how you got, how you got that uh, going. Yeah. I, um, a friend of mine who works at, uh, 
Monkey Paw Production, uh, Jordan Peele's company. Uh, I was looking for, I couldn't hide the, I work with this composer, Steve Moore a lot mm-hmm. on my stuff. And uh, he, well, we had no money, number one. And also he, had, he just wasn't, he wasn't right. available. So I had reached out to um, friends just looking for a composer. Not that Steve Moore was demanding money. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, uh, we didn't have a huge budget. And so I was looking for, we're basically reaching out. I was reaching out to friends. Mike was reaching out to friends looking for a composer who was, you know, maybe looking for a, a way to break in and um, do their first project. And uh, my friend of mine who works at Monkey Paw suggested uh, this guy, David Lavovich, who I'd never met. And I met up with him and he, uh, you know, had, he, he is a composer and a songwriter and had done a lot of work, but, it, but it hadn't done a feature yet and had always wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it and I send him a screener and, you know, the temp score, much like the score in the movie is all over the map. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'd tempt it with Harry Manfredini yeah. and yeah. Jerry Goldsmith and John Carpenter. <laughs> I mean, just all <laughs> over, which made sense for the movie. And uh, he got really excited, which was a good sign because most composers, <laughs> I feel like most composers would be like, what is this? Right. What, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he got really excited and, you know, when you're working with someone new, you never know what to expect, but he was, he did an amazing job and I wish, you know, we could have paid him more, but the budget mm-hmm. was so low, we couldn't do much, but um, it was an amazing, basically meeting and discovery of a new talent. Yeah. I mean, he was great and a new person. I can't it's wait to so work fast. with him. So fast. Crazy mm-hmm. fast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the yeah. Harry Nelson bit, he was able to help us out there. Yeah. Cause we attempt the, <clears throat> the montage Coach. in the middle with the, the work stuff, uh, all the handiwork, mon- the mm-hmm. handiwork montage in the middle. We attempt that with, uh, lime and the coconut. coconut. Yeah, yeah. Coconut. Oh yeah. And, uh, he came, yeah. David wrote a song. <laughs> he wrote a song about a guy <laughs> losing his fingers to the mob, the mob boss. <laughs> and, uh, that the tone of it it's a one chord islandy sounding song and it just fit <laughs> great fit perfectly yeah but he really you know replaced the temp with stuff that had the same tone but also was very original mm-hmm. it's its own mm-hmm. thing yeah but yeah i that's 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 who did the music and i i didn't know him prior to it and we became fast friends and he was very um facile you know really great mm-hmm. is there a you know this movie clocks in at 67 minutes is there anything that was actually left on the cutting room floor nope. that did you not so you used everything <laughs> yep. you're seeing everything we shot yeah that's amazing that's amazing um yeah there's like was, a one-to-one uh shooting ratio just mm-hmm. about i mean that's how fast we had to do it we had to be you know the whole going into it we decided no more than three, in, unless it was a special a scenario, like an attack scene or a effect scene. We kind of went into it like every scene, we get three setups and at most three takes, I think yeah. is the rule. Yeah. And then we mm-hmm. move on. So it really was about, a, I mean, at most a two to one or three to one ratio. And yeah, we, no we kept to that pretty closely, except for like an audio issue. Mm-hmm. And principal photography was four days. And then the fifth day we did after we cut stuff and knew if we needed where we needed more and we went and shot more. Yeah. Yeah. After you, after you've done this, obviously this is a breakneck pace and should never be replicated, but 
Do you find like there's ways to trim fat off of your productions that you've done since and Absolutely. and working into uh, into the future? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I would love to not not this pace necessarily, but I would love to try <laughs> to uh, approach this again in a more conservative manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a lesson. And for I think for both of us and and how fast you can really work and how how simply you can try to approach your shoot days and your you know your script and your coverage and all that kind of stuff I mean would we love to have more time and more coverage and and you know him and more money or different things (laughs) more more money money, (laughs) of course but you know it was a great exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause before yeah. this, whether we've been directing or not, we've been in scenarios where there's been less, mm-hmm. or, well, almost always more money than this, but you know, bigger and smaller budgets. Right. And I think this one was, you know, when the idea first came up, I, my was, I was resistant cause it seemed like a nightmare, mm-hmm. but the exercise at the end of the day was so rewarding because yeah. like Mike said, you get, um, you, you realize how much you can, stretch simple coverage right you know yeah. i mean it it, it really it, it, i i yeah it was a great exercise in learning economy of mm-hmm. of shooting and how mm-hmm. much you can get away with in a day yeah mm-hmm. have you guys ever done uh, a 24 hour film festival thing i did that once i did a 48 hour um yeah. 48. and that was interesting i mean that you know yeah sort of the same same kind of deal um but uh, I never got anything satisfactory out of that. <laughs> right. You right. guys are gluttons for wondered. punishment, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, it, the whole thing seems like to be, to, to me, uh, like, uh, you watch these movies and you're like, well, you see, if we had had, like, an extra couple of weeks, we could have done right. this. You know, that's what the, those festivals seem like. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I guess you learn some things from those if you ever enter them, like, just, you know, yeah. some just basic things. I think what um, you see in there like what at least in my experience with the one time i did it is that people try to do too much Mm -hmm. you know they're trying to add special effects they're trying to make this sort of uh, legitimate short film with all the uh you know details yeah that Mm -hmm. should be kind of glossed over in that sense yeah Mm -hmm. so after you've shot this movie and you've edited it and everything you enter it into this festival Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the reception like for it? Uh, it seemed really positive. Uh, you know, it, it, we, we, we literally finished it. I think I exported the final, our, our in quotes, final version mm-hmm. <laughs> as I was getting on the plane. I mean, it, we were flying yeah. to Chicago to show it and they had like, you know, they kept their word. They, they promised to show whatever we made. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the reaction, I remember, it, it, it was a Monday or Tuesday. It was an off night. It was the last night of the festival, I think. Or, mm-hmm. And it was an off night. It was a weekday night. So there, the audience wasn't huge. There were maybe 20, 25 people at that first mm-hmm. screening. But uh, Brad Miska was there from mm-hmm. Bloody Disgusting. Simon Bear, the writer Simon Barrett was there because he was kind of hosting mm-hmm. the festival. We just year. talked to Simon Barrett. Yeah. Oh, really? For saying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> a great guy. Um, yeah. But he, they were both like, what? Yeah. How did you do that? So the reaction was very positive mm-hmm. uh, at first. It seemed like the 20 or 25 people in the audience were laughing a lot. Yeah. And then we started getting into more festivals and getting 
bigger audiences in there. And it was positive. I think people feel the, the speed and fun it was made with, even though it's, I hope, competent. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, it's a minor miracle how it turned out. I mean, and, and, and some of that could be attributed to what we've, the skills we've acquired over the years, but also some of it isn't. I mean, it's yeah. like a confluence of like, perfect, you know, a talented cast and yeah. mir- mir- little miracles Luck. happening. Luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the reaction I think comes from that. I think people feel that in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you, are you hoping that this sort of becomes a midnight staple or do you have any like hopes for that or, or what, what's the, what's your, uh, I guess your ultimate goal with this movie now that it's finally getting a release? gosh yeah i think so i th- i mean i that's i hope i hope people i mean i think it plays well in that sense it, i yeah. mean it's just so um yeah. easy i think i mean there, there's nothing that's that takes itself too seriously yeah i think you mm-hmm. can, it's not like we went into it aiming for yeah. cult, cult status uh-huh. right right <laughs> here we go but it, yeah. I think, uh, welcome to midnight ma- 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 madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think if it turned out that way, like if people were like, if by word of mouth, people were telling other people about, oh, you have to see this ridiculous thing. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, and I think it was sort of unavoidable because again, because of the way it was made to have some of that vibe, you know, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of things in the movie that were missed. Lots of, again, minor instances of luck and yeah. miracles, mm-hmm. like little things that would happen. Like, um, I mean, Suzanne would do little things. Uh, I mean, again, going back to this, the spit in the face, that's the kind of thing <laughs> you couldn't get right. If you tried 50 times on a budgeted movie, <laughs> right? That would take half a day. Yeah. I mean, you, usually you'd use a, a, some kind of a Hudson spray or something with, with a, a pneumatic, uh, like a mini yeah. Glock gun to shoot at that. <laughs> <in the face. laughs> oh, like, just spit in my face. <laughs> she just projectile spits. She just, we, she put syrup in her mouth and spit in her face. All those just years went. of being angry at Matt Mercer. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there really isn't anything like uh, being in a scene like that though, as someone who, you know, uh, yeah. I've known Suzanne for a while. Uh, not that well though. And like you, and you're not, like, not well enough gonna, for her to spit in your face. Yeah, spit in my face or have oatmeal. You know, I'm, we're gonna put oatmeal on your face, and I'm gonna do uh, CPR. Yeah, they won. <laughs> and we're gonna and and we're gonna be mouth to mouth. That was day one. That was the yeah. first thing we shot. It's oh like, my wow. god, really? So we had yeah. So we had to really trust each other, but luckily we were all very comfortable with each other i mean graham i've worked with a bunch as an actor um on like joe begas's movies and i mean in beyond the gates we've done a bunch together and then najara i think i've worked with najara like a hundred times yeah (laughs) i think we both worked with najara on probably 20 movies between us so yeah we all just know each other really well so that makes things a lot a lot easier I love her performance too, because you never know where she's coming from for the longest time. You're just like, Oh my God, is he even imagining this person? 
I, I hope for the best on the, on this one, man. I hope, uh, I hope, uh, you get, uh, at least you get a good cult following on this one. Uh, oh, thanks. thanks. Uh, because this so. is a, this is, this movie's a, a lot of fun. Um, uh, Barrett, do you have any, anything you might want to ask before we uh, sign off? Well, I, I know that this came out, uh, you know, at the, uh, the festival mm-hmm. several years ago. Uh, but, uh, what do you guys yeah. have coming up, uh, after this? Uh, well, yeah, we, uh, we're both actually working on a movie right now that we've been <laughs> threatened. We can't talk about. Oh, oh wow. We're into secrecy. Um, that kind of party. That kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get murdered. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but, um, Mike is, uh, we're not directing it. I'm acting in it and doing yeah. some producing and Mike is the cinematographer. Oh, you just said too much now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a knock on that. Suddenly you just hear a silencer go off. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's a silencer hit. on the floor. I wish I had a sound effects, uh, console in front of me. I could just make it, we could just make it seem like you heard our murders. That would be the perfect end of this interview. <laughs> It'd be me and Barrett going, what do you think happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the guy standing in the corner of the basement in the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. I always think but that's no. uh, amazing that there's these. There's you know, we're, we're making movies here, and people are like, "You can't say anything about it." But uh, yeah. you know, well, normally we would, but this one, yeah, the he, the director of this is like really hell bent on it being under the radar and just kind of yeah. being like, "Ha here it is." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but. Um, yeah, well, good always... luck, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We have <laughs> right. irons in the fire, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one thing I was going to say. You guys seem to keep busy. Like, I mean, just mm-hmm. seems like there's constantly motion and movement and ideas and stuff like that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to 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 keep the fires burning and stay busy. Um, I don't know what what's the old adage. Like, you you stop and you die that's no, not yeah that's, that's not the expression at all that's the you stop, stop and you die. You die. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like a shark the like yeah. the shark yeah. Kind of, yeah there you go that's it. Uh, the shark thing yeah stop yeah whatever it's a shark thing whatever yeah. um, I, I know I, I just distilled that into the dumb that's not at all a saying you stop what's the old saying you stop you die it's a yeah exactly i love it man yeah exactly like the te- that's tagline for rest stop uh-huh. or speed three <laughs> speed stop. <laughs> um the movie is uh dementia part two it comes out in theaters may 21st what kind, what what theaters are we talking about here what cities oh god yeah i don't i'm not super sure. limited yeah i don't yeah. we don't even have the full list yet but i know it's la and new york right now okay is there a website yeah. that people can go to if they want to see it um, the Dark Star Pictures website usually has the information, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, most people are probably going to be able to see it on VOD and Blu-ray. I will say the Blu-ray is going to be awesome. We're yeah. putting a lot of features on there that oh, cool. um, we've been working on, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, uh, no deleted scenes, though. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. no. Um, but yeah, it'll be in theaters May 21st and uh, VOD digital DVD June 1st. Um, uh, Matt Mercer, Mike Teston, thank you for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was a blast. You guys are awesome. We'd like to thank Matt Mercer and Mike Teston for their time. Uh, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkins and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com.